0: I'm Linda McHenry, host of the Writer's Voice podcast. And my guest today is Eden Bailey. She's an author who writes in multi genres. She writes psychological suspense, mystery, and
1: erotica. How are you, Eden? I'm very well, Linda. Thank you for having me on your show.
0: Oh, sure. All excited about it. So uh, today, I think you and I both kind of like to just do things extemporaneously and just chit chat. So that's what we're going to do today. We'll talk about a bunch of different things. First thing I want to ask you, though, is, why you choose to write in multi-genres yeah you know i guess every writer has different things that prompt them what prompts you to write in multi-genres
1: i think i just get bored easily perhaps (laughs) and um, i like different things that inspire me so i grew up reading erotica mystery uh, thrillers all kinds of books so you know i i think everyone is different because i like to read in different genres i like to write in different genres And I think eventually, you know, you hit your stride and you realize what you uh, are better at. And, uh, you know, my writing in different genres, primarily in short stories, but I've also written a novel and I'd like to write more novels. So I think it's just um, trying to see what I excel at and I really love being able to do the suspense because it's it's kind of makes me feel warm and fuzzy you know <laughs> and it, it, it's exciting and it's not that far off from erotica because there usually is something that's kind of devious and and uh, suspenseful about my stories even when it's just sort of a erotic story.
0: And don't you think that our own emotions they prompt us to write but they're probably determine what we find interesting. And do you think the things that you like the most, the things you like to to read the most, are you better at writing them or no?
1: I think so. At least those are the topics that inspire me. I I know I'm not going to write cozy mysteries. I know I'm not going to write fantasy or science fiction because those are not the books that interest me. I mean, I might watch a film uh, in those genres, but I don't usually read those genres. So there has to be something that attracts me to that particular genre uh, in order to read it, and certainly in order to write it.
0: And don't you think that resonance is what makes the people who read your books enjoy them, when you can elicit the same emotions in
1: them that you're feeling? Absolutely, and you know, it has to be honest. I mean, I can't force myself to write in a genre just because I think, wow, you know, that's a really hot genre right now, and it's really selling. I'm gonna switch over to fantasy, for instance. I can't, you know, and it would not be honest to who I am, and I wouldn't be able to be true to the story. And I think readers are pretty smart, and they would pick that up immediately.
0: Well, and you're not going to enjoy it. Like you said, I think that that comes through, you know, whether you're you're enjoying it or not. When you watch a speaker, you can tell if they really like the subject they're talking about or not. Exactly. So what are you finding now that we're all home and we can't go anywhere? Not that I want to delve deeply into COVID, but I think the fact that we introverts, most of us who are writers are introverts, although not all of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know I find myself thinking a whole lot more and looking back and and coming up with some really good ideas. I've got this big, long list of things. I don't have enough time to write everything I want. What do you think about the fact that you have more time to think now and plan? Is that affecting your writing?
1: <laughs> well, the more time I have to plan, this is actually a good thing, but it doesn't mean I'm actually acting on it. <laughs> um, right. um, it's, it's great to make plans. It's good to actually be putting those plans into action. I've, you know, some of it I have done, but I've I've also wanted to give myself some space because I've been doing this for quite some time now mm-hmm. where I've been working from home so it's not like oh suddenly i am at home and i get all this time to write so i had i would say a schedule or a daily routine already set up covid has sort of put me into a an odd place where i feel time really is precious and i've never heard myself say the olden days so many times in my entire <laughs> life you know <laughs> the yeah, older days you know yeah. was just last year basically now right so it's it's pre-COVID, you know, and in COVID right now. So I'm looking forward to post-COVID. Yes. But I don't like to look back too often. But I do see value in putting more attention to things that are important in my life, which are the people whom I care about. And basically, right now, we can only socialize with so many people. And, um, uh, you know, keeping in touch uh, via Zoom or by phone call or whatever, I think it's it's just refocused what we need to do again, you know, yeah,
0: right, and and of course, how many times do you reinvent yourself and do things differently? like you, I've been working from home for about ten years, so I had a schedule, and the adjustment wasn't tremendous for me, but it it right. still was there. Now, you know, one other thing I wanted to mention to you, you and I have a mutual friend. Bill Curtin, and he and I have talked and we've spurred conversations with other people because you and Bill co-write together. I think there's a lot of writers, especially now, um, where you can't get out in person and interact with writers. Any way that you can do it and and find motivation and inspiration helps. So share
1: some stories from your
0: perspective
1: (laughs) on that. Bill is a crazy man, and that's probably (laughs) why we get along. Um, We've been writing for several years now, For another podcast where we do a four part little series short story, where I would write part one, he would write two, I would write three, and then he would conclude, or vice versa. We sort of take turns. The thing about us is we are both pantsers. So we don't plan the story ahead of time. We just sort of piggyback off what the previous person has written. So if I write part one, I try to leave a little opening for him but also keeping it challenging so that he can bring in part two and then he's sort of challenging me and then, you know, so on until we finish the story. I have to say it's been pretty seamless. It works for us. I know some people would probably have a heart attack thinking about this method that we have for a short story, but now we are moving on and writing a novel in the same way. It's taking a little bit longer, Mm -hmm, (laughs) you know, uh, understandably. Because we don't plan. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's just, uh, it's challenging, but a lot of fun.
0: Well, I know he told me about the Meerkat story, which I love, and, and how you ended it in a, comp- a way that he never thought about and he had to completely go in a different direction. But I think that that's good. I mean, sometimes if you do everything the way you plan it, it's not as exciting sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I know there's an age difference between you and Bill. And I think the generational aspect of it is good. And I think when you're writing, whether you're pantsing or whether you're planning, Getting the two completely different perspectives from so many different areas—gender, age—you and Bill live in different countries. What do you think about that?
1: Oh, I, I totally agree. Having it's almost like having a, a writer with two brains, right? Um, mm-hmm. You sort of expand your knowledge. What is helpful for writing with someone like Bill is that we are both pretty—we don't, we're not that attached to our story. Uh, even to our characters, we both are, it's not that we are detached. It's not as if we say we don't care about that person and, oh, it doesn't matter what that person is like. But what we are is open to that character changing, uh, certainly behaving in a way which may not seem authentic in the real life, but in the story, it makes sense. And I mean, really, these days, I think art imitates life or what whatever <laughs> that old saying is yeah. i think you know you need to really release your your ego when you are writing with somebody else you can't be that invested in it so, such that you you have an argument about every little scene otherwise it never moves forward
0: i think that in general i mean cuz my day job involves writing in the insurance industry um, and and even if you're writing a novel or a short story by yourself and and someone is editing it for publication they're going to yeah. come up with ideas and like you say I look at it as I'm not married to the character or I'm not married to that particular aspect because I'm not committed to having it go exactly the same way. I mean, we're creating characters, but in a very real sense, they're their own characters as well. And if we try to buttonhole them or pigeonhole them or put them in a place where they don't belong, they're going to let us know, at least if you're doing it right.
1: Yeah. If you're paying attention, I think you will hear what your character's are saying and where they want to go, which, you know, is something that sounds kind of crazy unless you are a writer, right? It's like, <laughs> ooh, these voices are talking to me, which is great. And I think Bill is very attuned to his characters, probably more so than I am. Uh, so in, in that way, it's it's great. And he's good with dialogue. Some things I have a, a little bit better grasp on. So I think we both realize that when the other person Critiques what has been written. It's not because we don't uh, like the person or 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 whatnot. We just we want to get the story right. And I think ultimately, when you're writing with someone else, you have to make the changes to serve the story, not to serve your. You know, uh, I wrote that sentence. I really love that sentence. I want to keep that sentence in the story. That doesn't always happen.
0: Well, no, I I I think when you write with somebody else, it's a team, right? And where you talked about your ego the concept of working and writing as a team. And as you say, making the story work, I agree with you. It's, I view it as business. Like when Mm -hmm. I write for hire, all right, I'm writing something, someone's paying me to do it. When I give it to them, it's theirs. If they change it, I mean, would I change certain things? No, but if they want to, that's fine. And I think there's a lot of people who would be better served if they looked at what they're writing as business. I'm going to do my absolute best, but it's a team effort. And you know, the consensus of the team is going to work. Now, one thing I know that inspires you is music. And my boyfriend is a musician. And you mentioned how only writers know how you think. Don't you think that other creative artists, musicians, and painters, and sculptors, and anybody else who's creative, don't you think that we're all inspired by things the same way, but different?
1: Oh, yeah. I think anybody who's in the creative arts has some understanding of what it takes to be creative whether it's music whether you're writing whether you're painting or sculpting because it ultimately comes from your imagination uh, it's not like you know you learn a a trade like although you know I would have been a very good plumber but you know <laughs> it's it's uh it's not like you're learning something and then you you just do it according to the book you have to think about Think outside the box, but also be creative and come up with new ideas, and that's not always easy. And music for me is always about the lyrics. And obviously, I love uh, the actual melodies and all that that go together with the lyrics. But I'm a very word-oriented person, so when I listen to music, I'm listening not just to the melody; I'm listening to the words. My husband is a musician as well, in addition to to doing his day job, which is in, in uh, web yeah. design.
0: but um,
1: <laughs> and, and that is something that we connect on. Absolutely. I mean, I don't think I could be with somebody who did not like music. It's something that connects people.
0: Well, and you know, it's funny that you should say that because again, I'm the same, but different. I have always played different instruments. And for me being very, very verbal, like you, I focus more on the music. If I play mm. music, when I write, I can't, I have to listen to classical music or some kind of music without words, because the words distract me. And I find that I really, really have always gotten into the rhythm portion of music and the rhythm instruments, you know, the bass and the drums and, and things like that. So it's funny what inspires you. I think that it's really the heart of a person, whatever lives inside, whether it's your heart or your soul, I think your imagination stems from that. I think it speaks to us in different ways.
1: Yes, and I, absolutely. I think we need to listen to it. Yeah, and that's an interesting thing that you say about rhythm, because just like there is rhythm in music, there's definitely rhythm in, in writing. You know, you could have a, a book where it's, you know, all the information is there, all the characters are there, but if the rhythm is flat and it doesn't flow and every sentence is written with the, in the same structure, it's not going to read as well. And so I really love how, you know, there's certain... Ways of writing that you know you vary up the structure and it just reads better, and I think that's something that is learned. And it's a writer's voice, obviously, as well.
0: But I also think it's also part of who you are because for me, after I write, I'll read certain scenes out loud to see how they sound. And I would imagine that if you're writing erotica, I would imagine that the rhythm of the words is Mm. probably equally as important as the content. Now, I don't know. Because I haven't, I have read a little, but not much. But my imagination, and from what I know, seems to me that would be incredibly important.
1: Absolutely, probably more important than the story, because what you're really trying to do is bring a feeling inside the reader. It's not just the words on a page, it's making that person feel as if they're in that moment. And in order to do that, you have to create a mood. And, you know, the mood is created by words and the rhythm of the words, the sounds of the words. So yes, absolutely, I agree. And the
0: physicality of it, it's, it's you're imagining it in your mind and you're reading and hearing the words, but it's really all about what's happening. So you have to feel that. I mean, of yes. the senses, right? Seeing, hearing, and the kinesthetic hands-on, the touching, it seems to me that's important.
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I, so I haven't written a lot of erotica in the past few years, but I just find that most writing, whether you, you label it as erotica, Or romance, or whatnot. I mean, every story needs to touch the reader in a way that's going to be more than just intellectual. There's a way of giving that information so that the reader knows, but there's another way of writing such that you can feel the story. You can be in the setting, and it's it's much more touching of all of your senses, as you say. Don't just tell the story; you have to show the story, but you also have to feel the story. So it's. You know, obviously not an easy thing to do all the time.
0: Aren't your favorite books the ones that make you laugh or cry out loud? Yeah, that make you
1: feel. Yes, absolutely. That's what it's all about.
0: So I appreciate that you chatted with me today. Your fans and those who want to know more about you can visit your website at EdenBailey.com. Yes. You'll let us know when you have new stuff coming out, right?
1: Yes. And actually, I am republishing a short series that I wrote, the Lainey Lee series, and that should come out by the end of this year. It was something that I needed to make some changes to. And so that will probably be the, the next publication.
0: Oh, that's neat. You'll have to let me know about that. We'll have to talk about that. Hope to have you back again. And uh, do. do let me know when you and Bill have another short story because I really like the beer cap. <laughs> that's my favorite. I've read several of them, but that's my favorite. Oh,
1: Thank you so much, <laughs> Linda. I really appreciate your time.
0: Well, thank you. Bye-bye for now. All right,
1: bye.